Lambert und Karl-Heinz Riele 1 zu 0 für Borussia Dortmund. Moin, moin. Welcome to the GF, GFP. I am joined today by two, two Hamburg men who each attended matches over the weekend uh, with slightly mixed fortunes, I would say. Roy, commiserations. How are you feeling? I'm actually fine because at the end of the day, it's just one game. And come the end of the season, we will see who has the bragging rights and we will see who doesn't. Um, but apart from that, I'm doing very well. I had a very nice Saturday to get rid of all the, the bad memories of the night before. Uh, but apart from that, I'm doing well, Colin. How are you? I'm quite well. I'm quite tired, but I am doing fine. Uh, I'm just going to put this out there, that the comment that you made during the week that Hamburg would 100% get promoted this season, just going to put this out there so we can... So we can bring it back to the listeners in May. But moving on from Roy, George, you look slightly happier this week than Roy. How are you feeling? Davy Ziga, Davy Ziga, hey, hey, Davy Ziga, Davy Ziga, hey, hey, Davy Ziga, Davy Ziga, hey, hey. How much longer should I go on for? Um, I, thought were, I thought you were 1860 fan. Mate, I, I, my my alliances here in the second division can let lay elsewhere. I've been I've been adopted as one of one of their own um, as uh, in in Hamburg. Um, so yeah, um, what 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 uh, feeling it was on Friday night? I've got to say, probably one of the most electric atmospheres um, I've ever experienced. Um, had actually to the point where uh, I felt. On such a high that I actually um, gave our our, our Roy a, a call slightly after the slightly um, about an hour after the game, make sure he was alright. Um, but um, so uh, uh, but after I'd um, made sure that Roy hadn't uh, completely capitulated, um, I, my my celebrations uh, went on long as the night. But uh, yeah, fr- Friday night and and, and the Derby Z was was certainly so, something special. Shows how hammered you were, because I phoned you. You didn't phone me. I, I've, I'm not sure. I'm, I think I phoned, I think I phoned you actually. Wait, we'll be going to the the contacts. Soon. I'm actually going to do that right now. So, with uh, yeah, four minute call. Yeah, okay. Roy did call me actually. To be fair, but it, it shows that I managed. I put up with Roy crying for four minutes. So, um. I'm sure the last yeah, who knows? But on, on, yeah, it wasn't. It didn't have quite the wild, as wild of a night as um, um, Marvin Duction and Ollie Burke on the weekend. Um, I didn't find myself suspended for for my for my upcoming game as Dukes has, as they're currently still drawing two all with Paderborn without Duction in the team. Um, but anyway, we'll move on. But yeah, it was a good night anyway. I mean, we're, we're sort of in the episode now, I suppose, because in case you, you haven't been able to guess, we're going to be once again covering some some ground topping from the weekend. Uh, and I was actually actually thinking earlier that um, I do enjoy these episodes, but 
it does make my role slightly redundant, um, apart from about twice a year, unless I'm actually hosting, if we're talking about German ground hopping, it just seems like I, I, I'm just hoping you don't replace me with someone that can actually go to these games and talk about them. Um, otherwise, I just feel like a, a spare man, but um, I'm happy, happy to do the post, the hosting again this week. We've been on the, we've, we've been um, on the lookout for, for a few people. Yet, yet to find a yet to find a bad replacement. Maybe, maybe Mr. Jackson Irvin can take my place. I'm sure you'd be happy with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, I think, I think you'd be. I'm not sure, not not sure how uh, him and Roy would get on, but given the fact he he now uh, lives on the back of my phone in the form of my a sticker on the back of my phone screen, my my phone cover. Um, that yeah, it would, he would be almost certainly quite freaked out to see that. But um, <laughs> a podcast says he would do well, I reckon. You met him, didn't you? He's probably already creeped out by by you reacting to him there. Now, Jackson, when I met him, honestly, one of the nicest footballers um, you'll meet. I actually met him in the, the Jolly Roger, which is the, uh, the St. Pauli pub, where he comes by usually after um, every game. Um, the game I met him actually um, was against Nuremberg, where he was actually um, suspended, um, and they by not winning that game, they kind of completely fucked their chances of going up. Um, but he still swung by for a beer nonetheless, and I, I saw some pictures of him celebrating in there after the Derby's Eve on Friday. Um, so it's good. It's good to know that um, it's good to know that the footballers aren't always the same. That you know, when you ask them what they do, they just say, "Oh, stay at home." Play FIFA and chill. Um, you know, Jackson's uh, quite the character, really. Sums up what's a man of the people. Exactly, exactly. I got a cracking, cracking barnet as well to, to to match. So something that not I'm all just... of us in the podcast can say, eh? Well, moving on. Um, <laughs> being being reminded in the chat function of another game that went to that you went to this weekend, and I'll sort of lost memory of who actually went to this game. Was this Roy and Bob went to Altona Dry Neutzig versus Victoria Hamburg? Yeah. Just, Tell us a wee bit about that. Just to quickly cover it, especially when Jackson Irvin is the main topic of the conversation because me and Bob also saw Jackson Irvin at the front of the curva, giving it all. No, totally. He was, he was at the game with a couple of uh, other people he, he turned up um, so just while he was in the conversation it reminded me that the, the week didn't start the weekend didn't start with the the, the Stadt Derby in Hamburg I actually started on Tuesday night when me and Bob went to what was the one of the oldest German derbies um, in footballing history I can't remember the actual I don't want to get it wrong again because I think I, we I, I, I know what it is I know what it is because I, I, I was actually in, despite not being in the game because I had football training um, before the game I, I questioned the uh, Altona Dry Neusig football nerds on Twitter because on um, on Instagram they claimed it to be the oldest footballing derby in Hamburg, which I could 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 to some extent believe. But then they went one, one further, went one further on Twitter um, and claimed it to be the oldest derby in Germany. Um, so I asked the Altona football nerds um, at um, Altona um, HQ to kind of fact check this to me. And they they actually provided quite quite the information um, and suggested that the wording of, of of the sort of title is that it's the oldest derby, 
between was the old, oldest yeah, oldest derby, oldest match between two teams who still exist in their current form. So the Victoria still played as SC Victoria and Alton are still played as Alton Dry and Noisy. The first meeting, I believe, was 1898. Although they did they did kind of caveat that by saying that they didn't have all the statistics for the times they've met in the cup. So I can't remember how many times they've met in a, in a league or yeah, in a league function. But um, certainly if you include the cup games, um, I have no, I have no uh, kind of way of countering what their suggestion is, the oldest um, game. But obviously a lot of those have not been played in a professional um, circumstance. So the, the oldest derby in Germany, I would probably still suggest, is the Bavier Derby. Um, but yeah in terms of in terms of games with, with a, in an amateur function with with two um yeah um in a Vereins, then probably is uh is is and uh SC Victoria thanks for that history lesson yeah. there George uh but like talking about the game just like, like I was I was it was just one of those ones that uh, me and Bobby to look at or oh, George as well but George didn't turn up um because he was away kicking his own um, there is own training session, but it was just one of those ones where, like, nah, I definitely got to go down. And it was something that, even in the office, when I told people I was going, they're like, oh, I don't even know that game is on. That's a great game to go to in Hamburg. And it's, I think it's quite, I, I, I want to say there was a good a thousand. I, don't, I can't remember. I, I, well, I haven't actually looked up the actual attendance, but it must have been at least a good thousand. It's the most I've seen at Altona. And Bob had said the same. Uh, but it was, it was quite a uh, tasty. Tasty event, good, good game. There was a, a Falruxia uh, tour um, as well, uh, which was nice. We overhead kick goal from a big, massive centre-half. Don't know how he's managed to, to be so acrobatic, but uh, they won the game for Alton. Victoria were a bit disappointing. I mean, uh, I can imagine the big boy up front must have been still has George in his nightmares after playing against George a couple of, just only a couple months ago when when he uh, what was it just the hamburger lotto pokal uh, the um, what was the big boy's name again uh, George that you uh, Nick Shakovsky is his name yeah, he just he just didn't have a good game he must have just kept thinking big Billy Krishna's behind him when he when he had the battle <laughs> but um, yeah Victoria looked a bit out, like out of depth against an alternate team that's completely different to the one that George probably saw last time or last season in the Regional Liga since they got relegated to the Oberliga but again they, they still looked very dominant uh, the whole game they were very quick on the counter and it was really nice to 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 see the the fans were really up for it as well. And someone turned around to me and Bob and turned asked if I if I think he asked Bob if he was Danish and then he asked me if I was German. So I actually took a bit of um you know, I was quite proud of myself that I was the one that looked more German than Robert did for the very first time. Um so I like the fans were in good form and the game was good. There was it was I was a really enjoyable time and then uh having a good uh, beer as well with um the the, the fancy beckers that you get out and i can suddenly you can go to bundesliga clubs and you can get like plastic cups you don't get proper personalized uh beer cups as well it's really nice to see that out as well so just just a quick one on that but it was a really uh really nice time again at Altona, and it's probably one of the reasons why it's one of the best clubs in hamburg to go visit if you're ever here excellent i, I have something to add on the, the i want to add on the Altona topic um the, the famous dog from Altona who um, stands behind the goal um, or stood behind the goal, uh, I, as I, I will come to explain, 
Um, he's he's, a, he's a, a cult hero amongst the Thai anoint figures. Um, has unfortunately passed away. Um, not actually sure what his name is. Um, sorry, if you know Roy, but it was really I've not quite seen a, quite seen a dog, but but behave that way. We kind of stand behind the goal on the on the second Kugu, um, and um, like follow the ball round depending on where it was on the pitch. Um, big big massive massive kind of fluffy dog. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh, it's a shame. I'm not sure if, if it's like a Henners situation at FC Cone where they kind of have like um, the the offspring of that dog is now like the next in line. The thing was, George, there was a new dog. Me and me and Robert were saying it's not the same dog. Like it was like the last dog was, I think, was like a Saint Bernard or something. Like, one of those kind of breeds, one of those big massive ones. And then there was another dog, and it wasn't yeah. the same dog. And I was saying this one's not very hyperactive. It's not really chasing. It's not lived up to the the you know the the idolization yeah. of this other dog yet. So it was, but there was another dog there. It, I, but it yeah. didn't seem very up for it. It was kind of just lying down the whole time. It's quite up his game. So it is a kind of. It has a kind of headed situation then, but they may not be related. Do they have the new dog on the stadium Becker yet? They do not. No. It was a new it was actually I don't know if you've seen this, Colin, but the the actual like what looks like the old turnstiles you can still go through and it says uh Alton Dry Nines are gone. It's the Adolf Hugh Cav band have made that a Becker now and it's actually really nice. Uh but nice. Well, I that's be- better than what Hasfow offers at their game when I went no no Hasfow branded beer cups, unfortunately. Um, so if you're going to Hamburg and want a, a nice stadion Becker, or maybe visit the Adolf Jäger camp, camp ban instead. I've just, uh, I've just, I've just found out that the, the old dog was actually called Paul. Um, uh, there's a nice picture here of him on Twitter wearing a, um, <laughs> wearing a cutter. Um, and yeah, so he was, he was called uh, Paul. So rest in peace, Paul. Um, and yeah, we are our thoughts and and prayers are with uh, the, the family of Powell, but also wel- welcome to the world of, of dry noise to, to the new to the new dog, the new Powell, Powell the ninth. Out of question, as out of curiosity, Roy, was it in any way? Is, is it any chance they could be related? Do you think? No, because this dog looked a lot older than a couple of months born. I do wonder. I do wonder how they nominated the new. Well, I mean, like, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that. Paul knows that he's about to be replaced and then gives birth. Like <laughs> it might have, it might, be a, might have, um, or not given birth. I'm presuming Paul is a is a male dog, yeah. fathered a, a new dog. I presume it doesn't have to be within a few months of. Yeah. Uh, going down. Going down. No, no idea. But I feel like we're like we're going hard. <laughs> on Powell the dog now but like just... I was going to say that the, the, the Hamburg nightlife scene is very diverse you never know who Powell might have um, who might, Powell might have um, stumbled into and, and that's where the where the new the new dog might have come from but Jackson, we can't <laughs> yeah just, just just lastly I think something that we put on a chat as well was that um, ultimately we're playing in what was a new trico that was designed by Bayern Munich's very own uh, Eric Maxim Chupamoting uh, mm-hmm. of Alton of fame uh, yeah. from that area, and he, but he wasn't at the game because he was on a plane to Prague. Uh, just because me and Bob were asking, I wonder if he might actually be here. They looked up at the lineup or the cat, the, the squad for the Bayern Munich game, and went, Yeah, he's on his way to Prague, he's definitely not going to be at this game. But they were wearing that, that kit, 
uh, that Chupamoting had helped design, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, he's 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 actually very proud of his um Altona roots to the extent that he, ha he has it in his Instagram bio, um ha ha null fear null alpha now, um and the the, the 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 kit is very smart actually, um yeah and hopefully we we'll, we might see him down there um soon but he also just on top of this just talk about Bundesliga for for, for once in a lifetime at at a, at a cracking game on the weekend against Freiburg so. It's all it's all going well in, in the life of Triple Morting right now. Might even go to might even go to the the World Cup with uh, Cameroon. How how we love to see that. How we we would love to see that if it happens. Uh, unless you've got anything more to add on that experience, Roy, we'll, we'll move on to probably the, the main feature of today's pod: the Hamburger Stadt Derby between St. Pauli and Hamburg. Roy probably doesn't want to chat about this, so I'll predominantly go to George for questions on this one. So, I mean, how how, how did you actually manage to get tickets for this one? Because I imagine it's quite hard to get a hold of them, particularly where you were. Um. Yeah. No. Good question. Um. So, the the way that tickets work in Germany is like a little bit. Uh, a little bit different to what listeners in the UK are probably used to in that there's a there's a uh, kind of thing of what would be called in English like a resale market in, in, uh, that's, that, that's run by the club mm -hmm. um, which makes which ensures that clubs aren't the tickets aren't sold sold at um, inflated prices they're just sold uh, at inflated they're, so they're just sold at face value or I think they're like sold at like 8% higher than the than the face value which is yeah, acceptable um so basically yeah if you if you're if you're a member and you um keep checking on there um then you can find one um if you try hard enough so i found one on it was on the friday and uh, found one on the tuesday but my ticket was originally in the uh, game glider which is the side of the pitch um i mean they're all sides of the pitch but like <laughs> on the side <laughs> um uh, which is um, good, but like I wanted to 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 be behind one of the goals, um, but so I managed to uh, change my ticket, um, or swap my ticket basically with um with, with a kind chap. Um, so I was with I was with uh, some some, uh, some friends for that um, right next to the the Hostel Way end, which kind of made the whole thing all all just more sweeter just seeing there seeing their deflated faces um, as the game went on, um, giving them going a little bit of the wind-up um, as, as, as you have to, sort of. Um, so, yeah, the, 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 the getting of the tickets wasn't actually too hard. I mean, I actually had a friend who came to visit who on the day of the game, about um, an hour and a half before kickoff, also managed to get a ticket on the resale thing. I knew, I knew quite a lot of people who were like that. Um because I think the, the game itself was actually at half six. So I think leading up to the game, quite a lot of people might have realised that they can't like get there in time from work because obviously a game kicking off at half six is quite difficult if people finish from work. Um, so yeah, in the end, it was actually it was quite easy and obviously well worth well worth it. Second, secondary market's quite a good quite a good tip for people that are want to get to games, particularly in stadiums like St Pauli, where it's hard to get tickets. I know Köln. It was quite similar. Like 
maybe on the the week of the game, the few days before the match, a few tickets might become available via the, the resale market. It's probably something to keep an eye out on uh, if there's a ground that you probably think might be sold out. Uh, there's always the chance closer to the time, which isn't really brilliant if you're trying to plan far ahead, but uh, if you're trying to arrange a game at short notice, it's quite handy. Um, yeah, it's also, so, it's, it's also so much better than the kind of the idea in the UK that like if you can't, if you have a ticket, I mean, I, for example, in like Champions League games and things, I know people who have bought tickets for Champions League games or high-level Premier League games for like thousands of pounds um, just so they can go to the game. Um, and I think, yeah, creating a platform where everyone accepts that you, you pay and sell, the, the, the face value is, is much more in keeping with... Um, yeah, how football should be. So it's, it's good that that's that's the the kind of the situation in Germany, which was unfortunately not always the case elsewhere. Far more fan friendly system, it seems. Uh, so you mentioned the atmosphere. So in terms of a, a derby type atmosphere, was there a lot of back and forth between the home and away fans? Well, you kind of we've kind of mentioned this before that. I don't think German crowds, because they're much, because they're sort of um, much more sort of choreographed, are less kind of um, provocative, in or like deliberately provocative. So like even though we were right next to the Haas Foul fans, they weren't like chanting at the Pauli fans necessarily. Whereas like at British games, for example, if you're next to the away fans, you're going to spend most of the time chanting at them, for example. Um, um, so they were, the Haas were were in um, medium, sort of medium rare, like to mediumly cooked um, sp- yeah, spirits. They were singing, you <laughs> vaguely hear them. Um, uh, yeah, Pauli fans were in great voice. Great, I got to say, great, 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 um, great Pirate show um, from from both fans. To be fair, um, the the ultras from uh, from from Pauli unveiled unveiled very really nice. Um, um, Tifo before the game, which they kept up for like the first five minutes. Um, and yeah, I'd say that the the, the atmosphere was was pretty unreal. But in terms of in terms of like a provocative atmosphere, um, I wouldn't really say. It, it was especially because like when teams sing at Pauli like Shai and Pauli and like there's some Pauli fans start singing anyway um, as a kind of joke so um, yeah it was more like Haas Fowler trying to sing their own songs as loud as they could and then Pauli fans trying to sing their own songs as loud as they could How was the atmosphere when, from where you were sitting Roy? Yeah obviously uh, for last night uh, Roy was working at the game as part of the Hamburg media entourage. So obviously, George is in the middle of it. For me, I was like, obviously, at the other complete opposite side, on the side, as George said, just one of the many sides. Like I was in the main stand, obviously. Um, just I had a, actually a great seat. To be honest, I was right on the halfway line, uh, right decent, decent eye level for the game. So I could see everything. You could experience everything, and both sides were loud. There was no, there was no provoking from either kind of side. Um, there was. 
I don't know. It was a bit of a, I thought it was very quiet at the start. I don't know if you how long you were in the stadium, George, but I thought before kickoff it was very quiet, especially from the Pauli end. And I know that's not really a German thing, but like I thought for a derby, make this derby, it's the first time I was at the derby as well. So I thought it would be a little bit different, but I felt it was quite quiet and it just kind of it took a while for the kind of atmosphere to lift until the pyro shows kind of started. Um, I was yeah, can, I, can, I, can I jump in at this point? Um, yeah. The reason for that, and I think we're going to come on to talk about the more negative points about the derby. That's a good point, actually, yeah. Um, is that both um, Haasfell, um So the Haasfell fans ended up only being able to get into the... Uh, they only opened the gate to the away end an hour and a half before kickoff, which is, like, very rare in German stadiums. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we can talk about this later, but so it took the Haasfell fans wait far too long to get in. Um, and like the queues for Pauli were like crazy to get in. Um, it was really badly organized. Uh, there was a lot of, like, there was seems to be a lot of issues from my read with people's um tickets not working and things. So, like, the stadium wasn't actually full for until like, just before kickoff, which is for the derby obviously quite rare. Um, I mean, like, I think I was probably queuing up for like. Yeah, far too long basically, um, and got in a lot long, a lot later than I would have liked to. Um, so I think that might have contributed to it. And also, like I said, the game was at half six, and like people have got to work. They can't just like, they can't not. You can't just like get get into the stadium and like half like half four. You know, most people finish for like a five half five. So like the point's fine. It's just I think I totally forgot. Like because I was in the stadium for three hours before kickoff, and like it went from empty to like. I think I just looked at it as a different way, but that you know you, you're right. Like I did hear afterwards that there was issues with uh, entering the stadium and stuff like that. So I probably helped it. But um during the game, yeah, it was good. Uh I thought the Haswell fans were really good throughout the whole game. I'm not just saying that from the Haswell side, I just thought considering the team were getting pumped three 0 I think they kind of kept kept it up towards the end as well. And especially when the players went over to them. Uh but yeah, that. It's, t- it's typical from both sets of fans. Both sets of fans, Aswell's a really good away support um, for generating atmosphere and Pally's a very good home support. So you kind of put them together, it's great. But there was no Derby atmosphere for me. It just felt like two, like I said, a good home support and a good away support coming together. And uh... Yeah, to kind of say that is, just, that is like absolute bollocks. That it was, the atmosphere was unreal. That was it. That was it. was unreal. Like, I mean, you were in the middle every... of it. There's a difference. Yeah, like for me, I was... Exactly. Well, yes, yeah, so you you can't just write off the whole atmosphere because you were in the bloody like media area. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, no one from like like ZDF was like setting off fireworks. Uh, <laughs> um, like the 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 atmosphere was one of the most like, special atmospheres I've ever like, experienced in a football game. It was like. Uh, pyro going for the whole time, new TIFOs coming out the whole time, everyone had full voice. Like the, the game was, despite the score, I mean, for most of the game, the game was very close. You could feel the tension, you could feel what was riding on the game because there's a kind of, I mean, there was a, I think you kind of sense that this is definitely almost, yeah, very likely to be the last derby played uh at the mental for a while um with with Hassar looking likely to go up um so there was a yeah it was a kind of feeling that if if Pauli win this game and Hassar go up then it's kind of like well you've not really you know that you've kind of it's like yeah you've gone up but you lost the derby you know what I mean um and to lose it the way they did I think it will always be a um 
yeah, something that 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 the party fans can can point out very politely. Uh, but no, I mean the 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 atmosphere um, before, during, and after the game was uh, was 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 something special. I think it being on a Friday night, you just kind of got got the feeling that yeah, it was just it was just unreal to be honest. Just lastly, maybe, um, maybe uh, like I get distracted because I'm working, so I don't always listen to. I'm not really listening to everything. I do get distracted, mm. and we were playing absolute garbage. So it's like that's probably why it maybe was better than I explained. But from what I remember, that's how I remember it as. Maybe in ten years, Hamburg will still be selling their four 0 Derby Ziga for a scars that I bought last year from 2019 is the the only away win over St Pauli in that five-year spell in Zweitliga. Do you not think, in terms of the atmosphere, or particularly the pre-game atmosphere, it would have been a lot better in terms of timing if it was the Saturday night top spiel? But I'm guessing that isn't particularly favourable with police. Yeah, well, we'll come on to talk about the police, but um, I guess it's like it's a similar thing... Um, to, that you see in Scotland actually a lot of the time that the the authorities want to give the fans like as least amount of time to mm. like, get get rowdy. Um, I think it would have been not that I believe that the game was dangerous in any way. Um, it would have been perceived to be more dangerous um, uh, on a, on a, on a Saturday night. Slightly slightly alluded to the the issues of the police there in that discussion. Um, I suppose we'll cover that, but just uh, a final final note on the game. So a deserved win, would you say, for St Pauli? Maybe turned a wee bit by the sending off. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the, the early sending off obviously made a difference. I don't think anyone can have any complaints about that sending off. By the way, is pretty 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 clear. Um, but Roy Roy is gesturing as if that wasn't an that wasn't one of the clearest red cards I've ever seen. He's now giving it the I, I didn't touch him ref type of a uh, type of gesture. Um, um, yeah, I mean it's difficult to say because the the, the setting off was quite was quite uh, early on in the game. But I mean that's that's kind of their own fault, and I think the, the game was fairly fairly equal before the sending offs. Hassel had a lot of ball before the sending off, but were doing a lot of. And the only the only player that was playing quite well for Hassel was Ludovic Weiss, and even he was just dribbling into trouble quite a lot of time and not really going anywhere. Um, I can't really be asked to listen to what Roy has to say about that because he's just going to complain that I'm wrong. Um, um, but no, I mean the, the, the goals were all really well taken from from Pauli. What really well worked. I was actually behind the. I was literally behind the goal for all three of the goals. Like, like and like behind the goal and like right at the front. Um. Uh. So I didn't actually see. Uh. I didn't actually see all the goals go in. Well, I sort of did, but like it was just like a lot going on. Um. So the, the first goal, especially, I didn't really see it hit the back of the net. Um, but you know it was uh, uh yeah I know so I've just we've just we've just seen that um Pauli have unfortunately just conceded um a last minute winner or last minute losing goal in the in the Pokal to to Freiburg to ex Roy points out ex ex Hasfeld also ex Pauli player Michael Gregorich um um anyway back to, back to the game that's disappointing um. Yeah, no, I, des- I deserve a win for Pauli. 
one that no one can no one could really have foreseen before the game. I think all of the odds were in Hasfal's favour. Um, but yeah, no, it was a it, it, it was a very special one to attend, especially when you have the feeling that's probably not going to happen again for a long time. Apart from uh, Bob Haggis, which nothing gets past, I believe he said in the group chat during the week that um, it was a, a nailed on St. Pauli win because Haswell were in great form and high in confidence, including Roy, and only to be knocked off their perch once again. St. Pauli won the game because Roy is so confident. That is that is the, fat, the, max, the fatter of the max. The the matter of facts there. <laughs> like, come on, like, am I going to go into that thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to lose? Come on, like, and it was also a bit of fun between us having that all week with the. That, that we're actually going to beat Pauli and things like that. It's just a bit of fun, George. Come on. You know you know yourself. You know yourself that a derby can go anyway. If your captain gets sent off after 20 minutes, then yeah, you're never going to win that game. Let's be honest. And after that, Pauli were the better team, 100%. Like George said, it was very close to the start. But and even at the start, I had a bad feeling that it looked like Haskell weren't going to score a goal, even though it was close. But I was thinking, I was seeing a draw until the... Uh, until Sean Lager sent off and then as soon as Sean Lager sent off you know you're not going to win that game and it was it was quite clear for Pauli that they were going to go on and win and at the end of the day they played some nice football uh, they scored some okay yeah some of their goals were actually quite nice as well so you can't really complain that um, that they didn't deserve it my only one th- I'm just I'm, I'm only just doing it to rail George up to be honest but I, I don't understand how he doesn't give the penalty against Rans for Koenigsdorfer when it's the exact same type of foul that Sean Lager sent off for uh, like if the, if he if he gives a red card, he has to give the penalty in my my opinion. Uh, but apart from that, you know, Pauli deserved it. There's no there's no qualms about it. A hundred percent, it was a Pauli win, and I hope they enjoyed the night. I actually have no idea what Roy said there because he cut off, and I hopefully hopefully it gets edited out because I'm not actually sure what he was complaining about. I think it was, <laughs> but uh, Just I think the the usual was... usual stuff. Fast foul should have got penalty. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Just, just use your bollocks then. Um, but I think we can, we can, all, we can all rejoice in the fact that uh, Hasfall got knocked out of the cup by um, four goals to nil um, by, by by Leipzig yesterday. Um, so yeah, so um, uh, nil, nil and seven for um, the last two games for for Hasfall. So it's going well for not the, the no longer Spitzenleiter of the Spider Bundesliga. Eh? That, that's covered the, the football side of things. I think probably the. A lot of the headlines that came out from this game were uh, from before the match and from some of the scenes with the police interacting with fans. Uh, You can probably provide a bit more context to this, George. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I would love to. Um, So um, the game, so in my opinion, like we've we've kind of joked about the game and stuff, but the game was to somewhat, um, overshadowed by the events before the match itself. Um, so I'll just, I'll just kind of, I may as well just break it down in terms of a timeline of what happened. So around about three o'clock, half two, three, um, three and a half thousand Haasfile fans started their march um, from Altona, actually, what we were talking about earlier, um, to, towards the Millen Tour. Um, 
setting off pyro and stuff, but um, you know, not not doing anything out of the ordinary. Um, and actually act, acting very peacefully. Obviously, accompanied by by, by police, um, but f- far too many police for, for no apparent reason. Um, um, and then when they reached um, the Classique um, which is like the road pretty much adjacent to the Millentor, it's suspected that around 150 to 200 some Pauli fans uh, tried to, to get to the Hasfal fans um, over the Heideken Geisfeld, which is like the square that separates the, 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 the stadium to the road. Um, and this is kind of where where it all went wrong. Really, there was a a, a, a few videos which circulated on uh, on social media of Pauli fans being uh, pinned to the ground uh, and beaten by uh, heavily armed police. Um, and these obviously unarmed Pauli fans. Um, um, uh yeah it was quite 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 hard to watch at times um you see yeah pe- people who are completely armed being uh like hit to the ground and kicked and punched um i i actually know some i actually know someone for a friend uh who a 17 year old who was uh, attacked by the police um for, for no apparent reason and was sent to hospital with uh with a, a mild concussion and 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 injuries and things, um, a, a lot of people reported uh, injured, uh, and this is the kind of thing where this is not the blame of um, Hasfal fans or, or Pauli fans. Um, the, the the blame is is in, in my opinion solely with, with with the police. I think I've mentioned on the on the pod before that I think that um, the. Uh, um, Mass presence of police at football games, even at derbies, um, is is very uh, unhelpful and actually helps to make, make actually contributes to the situation um, becoming a lot more uh, unsettling for a lot of people. Um, there were reports of some Pauli fans at the Heiligen Geisfeld, which like I said is the biggest square around the, the Minotaur, um, being attacked just because they were kind of dressed in black or because they were suspected to be doing something wrong. Um, a statement from a Brandweiss Hilfe, which is like the fan a fan group from St. Pauli that helps uh, people in, in, in these situations, which pretty much every club in Germany will have a kind of um I can't even think the best way to describe it. It helps fans that have got into situations where with, with the police or need help. I mean, like uh, the the Union uh, of like fan uh, help group is, was has been quite active. Obviously, they've been in a few situations in their time in Europe. Um, their, their statement said that uh, seemingly um, there was only on the it was just the the in the interest of the police to create a, an example early on. Um, there's no other um, there's no other explanation for why um, innocent fans were, were attacked by the police. Um, yeah, like I said, people were, were just attacked for having black jackets on. Um, um yeah, I I, I don't know, no, 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 couldn't defend themselves. Um there were there were rumors. Um yeah, so now what follows is rumors about people being pinned to the ground and um and a, a policeman whispering in their ear, Norda Hasfal. Um that there have also been rumors about one 
police person doing a um a Hitler salute. Um that's also not been confirmed. Um but uh yeah, it's basically I think at this point I kind of well firstly the the, the the response of the police to this was very very poor in term, in after the event um i mean what what happened at, at the minotaur um was yeah was a disgrace and not just with the party fans but at the harsh foul with the harsh foul fans um i like kind of briefly mentioned earlier they were all was it 2500 of them um who were actually in the away block themselves uh were basically trying pushed through a, um, a gate that was 3.5 meters wide, um, and basically like a lot, there's a lot of like chaos created by the police in terms of controlling. Um, and yeah, a statement from the Haasfall, um, um, the, the the clique Nord, the ultra group, said that it could have basically ended up a lot worse. We all kind of know what what, what that means and how, how a kind of panic can can set in with situations like that with packing a large amount of fans into a small small um space which is what happened in the in the away end um the the, the only response of the the main response of the police was to go on the defensive um after the event uh the the head of the hamburg police um responded by saying that um fc st pauli has a problem with violence <coughs> which um seems very uh difficult to justify um in term when you look at the videos where you see kind of six-year-old men being pinned to the ground and like i said 17 year olds being sent to hospital with with concussion and things um but i just wanted to i mean the the, the reason why this is also such a sensitive topic is because there's a there's a history for this in hamburg which is makes the whole thing more um or hurtful, I guess. I mean, I'm not sure most people might be aware of the events in the G20 summit in Hamburg um, six years ago now, where um, the G20 summit was held in Hamburg, which is obviously a very liberal area, and people were very against the likes of Donald Trump um, being, um, yeah, being given a stage in their city. Um, and but it kind of led to a yeah, mass set of riots in which the police were um, largely responsible for, yeah, inciting violence and 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 and, and yeah, injuring innocent people. Um, so the kind of events on on Friday night very much mimicked what what, what had already happened at, at the G twenty. And so I think people in Hamburg, Hasfau, and some party fans have a very acute awareness of. How the, the the police behaves towards them as people, and I think it's made just made all the more worse by the fact that they're football fans. Um, so I think I think in a way there's kind of uh, even a, a kind of solidarity between Hasfal and some Pauli fans. There's like I mean as as strong as the rivalry is, there's a there was a the, the statements from both um, from both fan groups. Uh, was very clear in saying that yeah, like the the result was what it was. We won or we lost, doesn't matter. But um, the the behavior of the police um, is is unacceptable. And this is a this is a this has been a this is a constant theme in German football, not just in German football, but in football. Um, you know, 
the 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 fact that the police are meant to obviously to protect people are constantly provoking football fans. Um, that was about a month ago when the um, Bremen fans travelled to Wolfsburg, and then they, which was obviously not declared as a high risk game, um, and therefore they didn't need a, a police um, escortment to the stadium, and they were met with a massive police presence. You know, like underage people, females being heavily searched for no apparent reason by the police. So the Bremen fans returned back to Bremen. Um, just things like that. There's a, there's a real lack of trust. And uh, yeah, I think that, it, that it, uh, all, all football fans are um, yeah, being, being uh, yeah, asking the police to basically be held more accountable. Um, but unfortunately, because of the way that football fans are portrayed in the media, um, I think that's unfortunately not going to happen for a while. Um, but yeah, I think it was important to say, it's, it's important for us to mention that as, as good as the game was, um, for some, yeah, for some people on the pod, um, I think a more, more important thing is probably to draw light to um, the behaviour of, of of the police and that the yeah, cause it, yeah, we're on, on the podcast we like to talk about the, the positive things, but we also like to draw light to to things that that the wheel the wheel no need to change. And I think yeah, that everything that happened on Friday was was um, was really terrible. To, to 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 cut a long story short, Mother, it was it's important to bring the attention to it. I think especially the way that you're saying football fans are portrayed, because I, I feel like with a lot of people who haven't seen the footage, probably particularly non-football fans are probably automatically jump to the conclusion that football fans were doing something wrong, so um, sort of acting like victims almost in force would have been justified but if you'd actually seen the the videos there's no real excuse for the fans to be so forcibly restrained particularly kicked kicked and punched while they're on the ground um but the point you're saying that among football fans of different clubs there does seem to be quite a solidarity between different fans of german clubs which you maybe wouldn't see in other countries like for instance i remember the Champions League final with uh, Liverpool fans and the incidents with the, the French police. Um, I, I don't really don't really know the full story, but I remember a lot of fans of other like, English teams were saying like, "Oh, Liverpool fans acting like victims, etc." Um, when that there was large fault of the police, but it seems in Germany there's more even across the rivalry more of a tendency to stick up for fellow fans' rights, even if that's with a, a club that is a, a direct rival. Um, it, the sort of wider issues are, are more important to, to be campaigned um, to be campaigned for. Uh, but it, it does seem like there is a, a bit of a problem in, in general with the German police and the, the relationship with fans. I always feel, I think we've, we've talked about the issue before, that like, the, the police, it doesn't always make you feel safer ha- having a large police presence. And I always feel like in Germany, they're made to look intimidating. I'm not sure. Um, the, the big line of armed police doesn't exactly make you feel safe when you're travelling as an away fan, for instance. Yeah, that, that that's, that's what I mean. I mean... Um... Like I just find 
the whole the whole presence um it just um conveys a lack of trust to towards football fans which let's be honest um is a, a classist thing most of the time um the way that the way that football fans are treated this is a this is a universal issue not 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 just in not just in germany but um but the the, the lack of yeah, the lack of trust towards football fans um and the, the, the kind of overwhelming presence uh, just assuming that everyone's gonna um yeah result to violence um i think is um yeah is essentially a, a class issue which is which lays quite quite deep um in, in the police i'd say um and i think it's just it's probably one of the one of the worst parts of i mean like it as good as it was to um be a derby and everything like the whole day there was just so many so many police and everything it's actually something that's mentioned on the uh, copper 90 documentary about the hamburg derby um they kind of note that even the, the night before the game that the police presence is like way too high that like you can't even enjoy the atmosphere because everything is just locked off everyone's like so on edge um everyone's just waiting for something to kick off and like with a bit more trust and a bit and a, and a, and a um, reduced police presence um yeah i think that's that that would just lead to, to, to better better atmospheres because just the assumption that everyone that goes to football is wanting a fight or wanting to to yeah cause some sort of violence is just absurd to be honest. Um yeah most people are there even in the derby just to to take in the atmosphere and the what the, the biggest game that the city has to offer. Um and just assuming that everyone's gonna that you see 150 uh, Pauli fans assumed to be going towards the the Hasfar fans. When in reality, if on the Highland Greifswald, that is where the Pauli fans often meet anyway. Um, and then yeah, to just just um, indiscriminately start taking down people is uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, <laughs> yes, it's like a scene from like Millwall West Ham in the early nineties. I mean, it's uh, it's, it's, it's it's ridiculous to be honest, and it doesn't doesn't belong. Um, in the present day at all. I feel like it's, you mentioned the class issue, I feel like it's something that's brought up in Scotland quite a lot, the, the difference between the treatment of football fans and rugby fans, you know, football fans, drinking's completely banned in the, in the stadium, but there's a completely different rule for rugby fans who are, like, historically is a much more middle-class sport. But I think probably because Drinking is, I mean, drinking is allowed in German grounds, not the, like the derby, like you say, like for high risk games, but because it's allowed, there's probably the perception over here that German fans are treated more sensibly, like adults almost, but it probably the distrust comes through in other ways, almost like the high police presence that, um, that you see in these games, um, far more aggressive than. You would you'd see in the UK, I would say, the, the police presence. Um, but it's definitely definitely an important issue to highlight, and sadly, it overshadowed some of the some of what you we would rather be talking about the the derby win for St. Pauli. Um, but 
does seem to be a, a fact, fractious relationship between police and fans and incidents like this is really only going to only going to make it worse. You would have thought. Do you have anything else to say on it? No, mm, right. not really. I, I think really? I probably, probably, probably spoke for long enough. If anyone's if anyone's still listening, that we, we, we've discussed quite a lot about uh, the Hamburg derby there, but we do have another game to talk about from the weekend: uh, Werder Bremen versus Mainz. Now you've lived in Hamburg for quite a while, Roy, but uh, this is the first time you've actually been to the Werder Stadium because we've gone through quite a few grounds in the north and. We've always had quite a big, a big omission. So, finally, another one crossed off. For me, yeah, um, Bob had been there previously, actually, and and also in the away end. Um, so, I don't think any of us have yet to step foot in the home end of the the Vizier Stadion. But yes, that was my first visit to the. Um, oh my God, it's one of Augsburg. Jesus Christ! Sorry, just thought the. <laughs> Just came up on my screen there. Uh, that was a uh, definitely first visit to the Vader Stadion uh, in the way end, and yeah, let's 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 talk about it, Colin. Let's talk about it. Nice. So early arrival with um, Bob and friend of the pod Moritz and Bremen, I presume. Yeah, no, I think we started off quite chilled actually. Like we didn't. It was a three thirty kickoff, so we thought we could get there a couple hours beforehand. We've all been to the city before, so we know it quite reasonably well now that we can walk around and we know where we're going and we don't need to be looking up where we're going and which area to go. Apart from I did almost take one wrong turn and ended up at Stadion and Panzenberg again, which would have been the wrong stadium to go to. Um, but yeah, uh, it turned up quite uh, early. Went. Uh, turns out there was some kind of like, uh, kind of marked market, kind of fair, kind of, you know, the, you know, sometimes the German cities, they've got like pop-up markets and they've got like, um, food stalls and stuff like that so uh, we had a look in the kind of main square where the famous statue is of the like the pig the chicken and this you know I don't know if you've seen that before I, it's hard to explain it it's just yeah. animals sitting top each other isn't it anyway, so that kind of area we ended up there um, and oh, Moritz went for a good old fashioned uh, curry burst and pommes where Bob, Bob found this very interestingly it was like Lau was Laugenbruch and um like like in a pretzely kind of bread. Um that was like had this big bit of like cheese and broccoli put in the middle. It was like you know, sometimes you see in Europe they like they, they've got this big loaf of bread and they cut the middle out of it and they put something inside it and they give you it that way. It's kind of like that, and it was like this kind of soft cheese, isn't that inside with broccoli and then it was cheese and then it was grilled on top. It looked madly revolting but it's fucking tasty um, since uh, I was the veggie options on the go uh, that we could find uh, because we were very hungry after coming through and we just wanted to get a couple of beers in as well so got in there the first thing that we kind of noticed though the only reason I'm telling you about this kind of stuff is that so many people because we were obviously dressed kitted out in our red and white of FS file minds no fumph. Um, and it was kind of, it was kind of like mad how many people came up to us in an ironic way and was like, "F is fall, F is fall." <laughs> it was kind of strange because, like, you I, this first time for me, it was my first time as an away fan as well. Like first time in a guest the block. Uh, I've always every time I've travelled, I've always been in the home end, and it was weird that people were kind of commenting and being ironic because obviously mine's is a small club. Like they're a great club, but they're also they're also not a massive club in German football. And it just felt very, I felt like the Bremen fans were being a bit kind of like condescending. Supposedly they're, like they're a small club, they're the Carnival Club, they're not 
not the most intimidating club. Like, yeah, that... come come to the match dressed as clowns. Like, yeah, that's a fair point. E- easy, just, easy target. It was just weird. It just felt like like, and it's kind of funny become, uh, because of the end result as well. But like the whole city, like there was a couple of times it came up, and a couple of times it was like, uh, like they noted that we were like Mines fans, um, and. Yeah, it was just strange. It just kind of felt very like derogatory and very like looking down on Mainz because they're big, massive Vida Bremen, you know. And I don't know, it was very strange. But um, from from there, we got ourselves. We went to strangely, we went to a Kulsh bar, like selling cologne, beer and cologne from Cologne, which made no sense. There was a Lucas Podolski trico sitting up the top as well. We just we walked through. There's like a really nice part of Bremen that's like looks really old fashioned. There's really thin streets. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, we just we we're kind of hunting about for a good place to sit in for a beer, and then Bob said he'd been there before, so we jumped in, tanned a couple of cows, um, and then off we went uh, towards the Basler Stadion. On the German Football Podcast, we we obviously enjoy a good walk to the stadium, and uh, we decided to take a long a walk along the Weser only to, to have a look to see if the very first German football st- podcast sticker was still attached to the lamppost that we we, we attached it to. <laughs> Luckily enough, it was still there. Me and Bob were quite excited. Um, I had a wee walk along the Weser, picked up a couple of beers, um, and it was it was the nicest thing in the world, and it's not the nicest part of the city either, the Weser. Like the other side of the river is not very nice looking. This side's okay to look at. So we walked right along the river, um, Full of Bremen fans. Didn't really feel that intimidating, though. I know I said like in the city centre. Funny that. <laughs> Funny that. Yeah. And um, like it was different because <laughs> obviously we're talking about before. Like um, sometimes away fans get escorted to stadium and stuff like that. Like th- this game is a complete non-risk game, so obviously fans can just turn up um, as they wish. And we were just walking through like ton of green and white. There was no red scarves inside or anything until we got a bit closer to the stadium. But it was a it was a good wee walk as well. If you take an if you take a beer with you, you know you can get there um before you get in uh, as well to just keep your your spirits high. And then we arrived at the stadium and the first thing we did was completely graffiti the stadium with a, a GFP sticker. We found there was this wall and the guest uh, just outside the guest of block that was just covered in stickers and it was just like a stick it felt like a sticker wall so it, was, it felt like the only place we could properly put it on the stadium where it'd be a bit sus. You know, um, so Bob, Bob put that on. So hopefully, uh, any guest fa- uh, away fans um, in the near future of the Vesa Stadium will get to see the GFP sticker. Uh, and then it started the, the fight to get a beer because we got we got in quite easily. No, I we rarely rarely got checked on the way in as well. I, I was thinking of a bit more strict for away fans, but like I said, I think no one like George says. Well, I don't think anyone hates minds or gives a cares about minds enough to like for the fans to make it some sort of scene. Uh, so, it, but we made our way in quite easily, and then the queue for the beer was shocking. We were there for a good thirty five minutes at the end, and everyone was just complaining, and then. Um, the, we could hear some of the fans start to sing. Like some of the, obviously the the, the main ultras are obviously up there already. They, they're not sitting waiting for beer, obviously. Um, and some other people were saying, "Yeah, no, like typical German football. We can't create atmosphere before a game because we're all stuck trying to buy beer before the game." And it was very small. There wasn't that many people working uh, for that. The amount of fans that were there as well it was quite disappointing. Um, so we spent a lot. Quite of- reminiscent of uh, Kuln, guess the block for that. 
Yeah, it's it's weird. It just feels like they don't really care, and it's a bit it's a shame because like the stadium's really nice and modern, but this guest of luck just kind of seems like they just made. Also, it don't, I don't particularly like uh, don't particularly like it when they shove away fans like away up high as well. That was another thing. It was weird because um, you had to climb all these stairs to get up to it, and then once you got there, you had to climb as well. And because we waited for the beer, the, the we we managed to get Staples tickets, which is quite good. Because we were waiting for a beer for ages, that was full. By the time we got there, it was full. So we had to climb up and we were right at the back, like right at the back. There was this big, massive fence and um, people of the pod will not know, but George uh, George and Colin, obviously, you know, Marts is quite a small man. So for him to try and see through this fence is quite difficult. Um, <laughs> probably, explain, worth it, probably worth explaining who Moritz is, actually, I think we, we mentioned yeah. in this friend. We also point, probably explain yeah. that he's not, he's not like some sort of child. He's not, yeah. he's not, like, <laughs> he's not the love child of you and Bob. <laughs> No, no, no. Moritz is a, an old roommate of mine that comes from the close to the an area close to Mainz, uh, where a bad Kreuznach actually, where Matarazzo Pellegrini used to be the manager of. Am I right? Pellegrino Matarazzo. Pellegrino Matarazzo. <laughs> Pellegrino Matarazzo. Um, used to be the manager of. What? 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 One quick word on 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 him being sacked. Maybe on that. Uh, just on that. Um, on that note. I, reckon, I think it's uh, it's quite sad to be honest. Yeah, mm. I mean, I think Stuttgart Stuttgart pretty. Uh, um, I think there's no saving them anyway. I, th- I reckon they should have just stuck with him. But do you reckon? Do you reckon you'll get a, he'll get another job in Germany, or do you reckon he'll want to stay in Germany? Schalke. Mm, yeah, nah, it's been. I think you do better than that. There's been a few questionable names linked to the Schalke job. Um, Schalke are going for Ali. Either a journeyman that is like desperate for a job, or someone completely out of the blue that doesn't make sense, like another Christian Gross, because no, no one with any like real prospects with the touch Schalke. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. throwing Colford maybe. I saw Tedesco was linked going back to Schalke, but I mean he's too good for. Anyway, I'm sure Roy was telling a story. So yeah, I should probably explain who Moritz is. Moritz is a, was as an old roommate of mine and a good friend of George, uh, Bob, and myself, uh, who comes from uh, Bad Kreuznach, the area close to Mainz. So I don't think we'd, he'd really call himself a big Mainz fan, but I think he's a bit of a sympathizer, George. Um, you just say like he enjoys, yeah, he enjoys football as a a leisure activity. But um, I think he used to go to the stadium. Well, the, the, the one time that I met him, he was wearing a Mainz hat in Hamburg. Yeah. So. Because he's not getting here, needs to keep his head warm. Um, so it was, you, you, you would know, you would know. Colin. Um, uh, yeah, but Colin's always got a mind sound. I do own a Werder Bremen hat, which uh, sort of is quite fitting for this discussion. I feel unfortunately, like here it looks very much like a Celtic one. Ah. A lot of this, a lot of this podcast has been um, has been angled towards hatred, towards the uh, the follically challenged. So uh, let, let let's let, let's lay off our, our less head our less head friends. I will I will that's do that from now on. But um, yeah, so he got his ticket. He got the tickets in the end. Um, and the I think the point we were going on to was like making making our way up the the block as well. So like once we actually got the beer eventually, but. 35 minutes later made our way up to the block ended up right at the back um, like I said Moritz couldn't really see uh, well I think he could it's just a joke um, and then me and Bob were either side and I was also I was already thinking it's a bad idea for me not to be in the middle and it's not even just to do just to to do with the fact that in like 
out of the three of us, my German's the weakest. Like I can speak fine and I can have a conversation. Well, but my German's obviously the weakest. Being next to drunken could be ultras is just a bad idea for me in general because I'll say something stupid. George knows I'll say something stupid. Um, and it just wouldn't uh, we'll go down too well. And I'll get on to that in a minute about how I nearly died in the, the guest of blocking mics. Um Friend of the pod, Eric, uh, Eric Maxim Chupamoting has just scored for Bayern Munich uh, to make it one each. Anyway, so um, once we were up there, the, the atmosphere was kind of starting to build and I was actually, I was more impressed than I thought I was going to be before the start of the game as well. Um, um, and then all of a sudden, just randomly, like a couple of minutes before the game, and it's probably not randomly, it's probably, maybe we should have kept probably expected it, but we just didn't. Uh, this these guys were running through us and then all of a sudden shh, shh, comes this pyro and these flares and they were like waving it. There was like two people in front of Bob <laughs> and was like waving these flares about and then the pyro started and that's the first time I've properly been inside a like very enclosed, let's just say enclosed part of the stadium as well because it's right up the top and the roof's just right in front of you and it's like pyro smoke and all the, the, the red and whites going crazy and the flares and the, oh, it was mad. It was so warm. Like you could feel the heat from it as well. Like, but it was crazy, but it was amazing being involved. And I know obviously it's not something that like, uh, like as a club, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to big it up and be like, oh, that's cool. But see the pyro show, I was class. I so enjoyed that. And the song before it, uh, was all it was good as well because they sang this song for the first like five minutes. Um, it was like, oh, we we want to see a win. We want to see a win. We want to see a win over and over and over again, over and over again. But it was class. It was uh, just I was really enjoying the like the atmosphere at the start. The pyro goes down. The you can actually see the game down. And the guy next to me he's just turned around to me and started muttering some absolute drunken garbage that I understood about half of. And then came the question, comes to us Mainz? And I was like, oh dear, he's just asked me if I come from Mainz. This is not a question you want to hear in an away, away guest of luck, like the, the away curva, just in case, especially when you do not, in fact, come from Mainz. And, I'm, and then I said, mm, fortunately not. And he's turned around to his friend and started talking. So I've turned around to my good friend Moritz and Robert and said, help, I think I might die here. The guy's just totally ignored me for the good couple of minutes. And then he turned around to me and he goes again, the game's, the game's just playing as normal. I'm trying to watch the game. And then he's turned around to me again and going, so, so where do you actually come from? And I was like, eh, I come, I was like, come off Shotland. My, my, my friend here comes off Mainz. Come, uh, he comes from, he comes from Mainz, don't worry. And then it was like, yeah, he comes from Mainz, but where do you come from? And I was like, oh my God, I am going to die here. If I do not see Mainz, I was like, um, um, Scott, Scotland. And then the guy was like, ah, oh, cool, Scotland. That's really cool. And I was like, like, something, something inside of me, this guy wearing all black, just like, he had a Mainz scarf to be fair. So it kind of made a bit more, less intense. But I thought I was going to die inside Bremen, the Visor Stadion, because this guy just, he just seemed very aggressive at the start when he was asking me, why didn't I come from Mainz? And um, then he was just like, so, he was so, he thought it was so cool that uh, someone from Scotland was in the, the block um, as well and coming to see Mainz in a way ground and stuff like that. And then it was kind of annoying actually, because he ended up, went and spoke to me for a good, the whole game, just kind of now and again. Uh, he just kind of kept talking to me and I was like mate I just want to watch I just want to watch the game I want to just watch Ingvarsson uh, ripping Bremen's defence a new a new one as well but um, that was uh, that was kind of an interesting funny antidote uh, and, uh, antidote I always say that antidote antidote <laughs> I always say that word wrong um, but yeah so that was, 
an- anecdotes, yeah, anecdotes uh, from the, <laughs> the stadium. Bob had his own people that were speaking to as well, which turned out to be a Dortmund and a Schalke fan who were there in a stag do with a Mainz fan, which is very weird. And they kept they kept looking at Bob like double checking. He was like singing and stuff like that, and it just it looked a bit weird. So apart from the fan interaction that we got, one of the best footballing experiences I've ever had. Honestly, I don't I don't know if it helped because they won, obviously. Um, but the the Mainz fans were class. They were very inviting. The people that around us, because obviously they heard me speaking to that guy who who only wanted to speak in English, but I kept replying to him in German. And then we ended up speaking German later on, but he was a really shitly broken German, got him through the first half. Oh, sorry, English, his bad English. Broken German. Yeah, no, I realised that. <laughs> his, his bad English got him through the first half and then he gave up. This guy who smoked at least two cartons of cigarettes in the, throughout the game. Um, but it was apart from that, it was absolutely class. You look very confused, Colin. Are you okay? No, I was just gonna ask, do you, do you think he was, do you think he was actually being medicine, or like what was it that Scotland that saved you? Like, say if you said Hamburg, do you think he would have reacted badly? I don't know, or would you think you were just some misread? Like, sometimes I, hard to tell with German people, yeah. After speaking to him for the rest of the game, I think he was one of those, like, oh, he's not listening now. Um, I didn't tell him <sighs> it, to be fair because I didn't want him to think like I was there for other reasons. Um, but um, he he just seemed a bit of like pretend to be hard kind of guy. Um, so but he was quite soft in the end and stuff like that. And he was celebrating with me and stuff going on, and like we're always every time we were singing and like jumping up and down, he was obviously joining in with me and stuff like that. So, ah, it was grand in the end, it was grand. But that was the thing, like, me and Bob from the start, uh, just as soon as the song started, we just kind of learned it, and then we were jumping in, jump, jumping and singing along and stuff like that. It was class, honestly. It was one of the best experiences. And like I said, because the Mice fans are a bit, they're not really risky fans, risky fans, risky fans. They're not going to, they're not really fans you're going to be worried about. Like, um, they had a good pyro show. They had a good atmosphere. They were singing the whole time. What Bob and I really, I said, the biggest part was that the the songs were all different. Like it's I've, the amount of German games you've been to, and you hear the same "She Sein Tor for uns" or like "Super Blah 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 Ole," you know things like that. You didn't really get that. You got it was like, I can't actually remember most of them because they were all like new and they're all new like um, melodies as well. So that was really nice. Really enjoyed that part of it. Obviously, the game was good. Uh, too you know, I think that's the first time the word melody has been. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did it reach a nice crescendo? Uh, you play, right? Yeah, the, like at one point, we did, <laughs> did, you, harm, did you harmonize? Did you harmonize well uh, as an away end? There was one point when they asked everyone to get down low, and we were like, oh, yeah. F, F, oh. and then everyone jumped up, and it was class. Even though that's a typical song that everyone sings, but there was is that not also a crescendo? Yeah, exactly. It builds up. Yeah, did study did study music in my, back in the. Were day. you singing in the soprano? <laughs> <laughs> no, we were singing. We were all singing in unison because we we're all. What's, that, what's the one that you know sounds like? What's the one that sounds like sriracha? But it's like, um, is that is is that is that some musical term? It sounds like sriracha, like staccato or something. Staccato. Staccato. Yeah, yeah, not sriracha. Yeah. What's what's staccato? Like it's good like snappy, you play it snappy. Like the note's not held, it's like but instead of 
So I'll be like FSV microphone, FSO microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was yeah. a bit of staccato going on. It was actually really hard to sing that one, like because FSV microphone, FSV microphone is a bit of a mouthful, and it was like yeah, microphone, FSV microphone, FSV microphone, and it kind of is a bit, you know. Staccato was hard. Yeah, 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 definitely was. But you know, the yeah, capital did really well. Fair play to him. He, he's a musical genius, mate. He's like yeah. he's like a baby team. <laughs> Basically, he was he was directing the the choir. Uh, it was class, but no, like on, like but like honestly, back to that, like he, it, what the difference was, and I said I, I said it, it, with the Wolfsburg cover was it was the same it was the same songs over and over again. It was very repetitive, and it died quite. I know it's a weird, so it's different, but it died quite quickly. The songs, and he had to kind of g everyone up. But the mindset was going and it was going and it was going. It was, honestly, it was really really class uh, to be involved with. One other thing to to, to to that Bob would like to probably mention that was probably his favorite part of the the whole experience was when you you had to show your like print a home ticket to get once you were in the stadium you had to show it to get into the right section obviously um, and you got like a kind of a wee check there and then one of the ultras was actually standing at the door and he was handing out uh, actual tickets that they'd made but I don't know if they made it or Bremen made it because. It says like Leben Lang's Grun Weiss on it, and it's like, why would why would Mainz make it? Probably, it looked like it was sort of made to look like what a home ticket would. Yeah, look so like. I don't, I don't but know if they've done that purposely, yeah. but it just seemed a bit weird. Uh, probably putting like Bremen's like makes it a bit more authentic. Yeah, but it was, and I was honestly, I was one of the best parts. It was class that they were doing that, and there was obviously showing that there was only print home tickets for this game. Uh, there was no um, actual tickets, so it was nice that they were they were giving you that momentum. And I actually left the stadium going, you know that, like I know, like because I didn't buy a, I usually buy a scarf if I go to a new stadium because I couldn't do that. That kind of gave me that momentum for the game as well because I already had a Mainz scarf and stuff like that from when I was in Mainz. Um, so it was nice that they they did that, and it was. Um, it was a nicer way to do a kind of like protest against it as well uh, than just doing the same as everyone else was showing a banner. Uh, but honestly, one of the best experiences I've ever had at a German football game and one I think is definitely in my top three of any any football game I've ever been to as well. I think it's just because it was it was fun as well. I really enjoyed it. You enjoyed the game. The game was good. The Bremen fans were all right as well. Um, quite They were quite quiet, obviously, compared to like being when you're in the middle of the fucking Mainz curve. <laughs> But honestly, I can't. I can't really fault that away. There, it was absolutely class. Any uh, any players that particularly uh, st- stood out to you, Roy? I see that um, that I didn't. Uh, um... Stark was really good. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, Anton Anton Stark had a quite a strong game. Strong yeah, game. I like Anton Stark. Zentner had dealt with everything that came his way as well, considering they were quite under pressure a lot during the, the first half. I was quite impressed with him. And, and Lee's really Dolly Buck making an appearance. Sorry? Dolly Buck making an appearance. Dolly Buck did. I gave him a bit of a boo uh, before, before they came as well. I don't think <laughs> anyone... Did, did, did it give him a fright? I, I think it did. I think it did, because he didn't score, mate. Um, but... Now nah, Lee as well. Lee was brilliant. Um, Lee's obviously yeah. we've been watching since he was a kill, and he just adapt. I think he's adapted really well to the Bundes, or even the Bundesliga, and he's done really well. And he he was quite. He scored, took his goal well, um, and Ingvarsson also took his goal well. It was just I don't know. It was just 
it was a just strong performance considering after the game I think it was Mitchell Weiser said that we knew what Mainz were going to do they were just going to play long ball and it was a bit disrespectful I thought uh, because they did try to play at times uh, and like Bremen obviously are that team that play on the counter and they, they're really quick and they're very they're very quick to get up the pitch as well um, so oh and that was a good game as well George one, one thing just occurred to me um with obviously Oliver Werner coming up against Bo Svensson, I'd be surprised if there has been many meetings of managers with such few letters between them in their first names. Can you think of, I mean, there's five in total. Can you think of any, um, can you think of any, any less than that? Probably not, maybe some with five, but less than, less than four, to have four, you'd have to have like an, another one like, like Bo um, if anyone from any listener can get us out, George will pay for a trip to the Millentor for you. But it has to be less than five. There's probably yeah. some with five, like Ola, um, John, that's John. It's got to be an Ed. Yeah, but Ed. Ed and a Joe. Yeah. yeah, but that's more like the Joe that used to play for Man City in like 2008. Yeah. If he's a manager now, let us know. <laughs> um, this reminds me of our uh, conversation. To, do uh, tall managers exist? Yeah. <laughs> the sequel is, is there anyone with a... Has there ever been a shorter matchup? I, I don't even know how to put that into a title. It's impossible. <laughs> also, it's, it's a matchup <laughs> of two very likeable managers, I think. I don't think anyone's really getting anything again. Bruce Fenton's quite a cool guy. You know, Lee is quite a cool guy. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you think Bo Svensson always looks absolutely miserable though. Yeah, but he, he's not like that about him. Type, like he's probably quite funny later on. Once he's in the swimming pool, a... <laughs> but no, honestly, so that, that that's just it was. I, it does not. If you keep going into, I'm trying to think if there's anything else apart from the fact we had to run for the train so Bob can go in a night out, uh, which was quite interesting. Running through the the, the city of Bremen um, from like halfway from the Weser Stadion, uh, it was quite honestly one of the best football experience. I would, I think, I think you would, I, th- I think you would slightly worry if you didn't speak the language if you're in a guest. Like a guest of walk, like that guy starting to speak to me, you're probably feeling a bit intimidated and stuff like that. So I don't know, like, if it's something that people have really looked into. Colin, you've been there without being a German speaker. Did you ever find it intimidating, or did you also pick a team? Obviously, you went to Wolfsburg. It's not really a team that's got as well known for being aggressive fans and stuff like that. Do you think it kind of helped? Mm. Well, Wolfsburg. So, so both both times I've been in the away end. It's been the seated sectional. Uh, with Düsseldorf at Gladbach in the seated section and with Wolfsburg at Köln. But the Wolfsburg and uh, the seated part of the top tier was predominantly Köln fans, so it didn't really matter. It almost basically didn't feel like the away end. Um, it, it was like here in the home end, but with worse catering facilities, almost. Okay, but you like so you don't really have a... Comparison to that. I've never, never been, never been in the standing section of an away end. So it was weird. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. At the start, it was weird, and especially when some random guy starts chatting to you, you do, you do kind of wonder, 
like what the the narrative of the conversation is going to be. Most of this guy was quite chilled at the end. We were celebrating and like hugging each other when the, when the goal went in and stuff like that. Um, but you like it was, it was nice <laughs> to feel welcomed in as well. And like I can't chat to a couple of people and just it's it's just it's just a good atmosphere. What? I just just laughing at you saying now what the the narrative of the conversation is going to be. It's just just funny to me. <laughs> It could be have you have you got a tight right. pump and then <laughs> yeah, an elbow to the, 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 the main the main fan have a pumpkin. No, they did not. They did not. Uh, but <laughs> honestly, don't know about how much. I, I'm trying. I, I honestly hope I'm not missed anything out because it would be such a good trip. Um, and definitely something I'd do again. I, I think I might become a mind soldier now. Be one of the chaos. Care, They're called the chaos. Care to, offer, uh, care to offer some. Brief ratings. Uh, yeah, atmosphere. of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. On you go. We forgot to do that part. Let's let's end. Atmosphere. That. Atmosphere. Oh, nine. Nine. Yeah. Was only, drink. The only, the only, the only th- reason I'm not giving a ten is because it took me a good two or three times to learn the words. Ah. Join in as well. So it's your fault. It's my fault. Technically, it could have been a ten. No, nine because like I don't want to give anything bad against Bremen because I could hardly really hear them. But they were they were jumping up and down quite a lot. You could see that from the distance in the curva. Uh, but it was kind of just a curva. It wasn't really this side where we were. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll give it a nine because I can't say it was a ten. The full stadium wasn't like bouncing. But it, it, so. Yeah, assume with the the poor facilities and the way into food and drink, we'll get a, a slightly lower score. Well, I've got to say, this is probably going to appeal to the GFP food critic fans, but as as, as I typically do, uh, being a new veggie myself, uh, purchased some after. It was actually after the game. I purchased so we got beer at the start, and it was it was a pain in the ass. Uh, get waiting in the queue and stuff like that. But the beer was fine. Barely, very overpriced actually. You could buy glue vine cheaper than water, which I found mad. <laughs> A bottle of water was four euros, which is disgusting. Uh, and after the game, when we were returning the, the fans, water was disgusting. No, four Just, euros. Uh, do four it, euros do that what the Rangers fans do and drink out of the toilet. Yeah, exactly. We could have done that. Uh, but at the end of the game, we returned the fan because there wasn't any exciting uh, like stadion berker. There was some kicking about, like proper Bremen ones, but uh, we didn't uh, unfortunately get those ones. So I purchased some pommes because I was feeling quite uh, hungry towards uh, on the way home. Got put some zenf on it, and as we're walking out, someone has acknowledged that I have put zenf on my pommes, and he was outraged. He was like, "Nah," it was like, "Who puts who puts mustard on pommes?" And then he was like, and then weirdly he sang. He was like, "I I can't remember what he said something like." I take my oath, and then we said my oath <laughs> was quite funny. <laughs> like he was so drunk, and he was like, oh, "I've been in my, like, have it in my mouth." Like, I was like, "Okay." Like, okay. It was just—it was so weird that the first time someone has acknowledged and repulsed by the fact that I put um, um, uh, mustard on my chips. But it's the honestly it's about time you need to try it. But I was quite disappointed. It was on the way out. Bob was pissing himself laughing. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna give yeah. I'm gonna give us five because the queuing was fucking terrible. Uh, the beer was all right, but no stadion Becker and the Palmers was Zenf was all right. So I'll give it a five. Can I just jump in and say uh, it's quite funny uh, as as Roy was talking. 
just obviously reading through BBC News about the the imminent collapse of uh of the the British government, uh, the resignation of the the Home Secretary, etc. The Commons falling apart. Um, meanwhile, Roy is just uh, nattering on about some some geezer having <laughs> mayo on his chips. You know, the, 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 there's a uh, there's two there's two corresponding worlds going on out there. I will tell you that for free. And what <laughs> one in which Roy's mates is uh, throwing pommes on his mayo on his pommes, and one in which the the British the British government falls to its feet. It's just a funny parallel. Really <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> What's the next rating, Mr. Moore? The game. The game. <clears throat> um, the match. The spiel. Seven. Seven. Mostly because the guy next to me was chatting, nattering to me the whole time. I hardly really watched the game. Uh, I'll, I'll give it a seven. It was a good, a decent enough game. Um, I think Bremen kind of collapsed once the goals were in. The game just kind of, towards the end, it kind of died. So, seven. Um. Pretty, pretty glad you've uh, moved on from these half ratings. These I was going to mention. I did it just for about, you. About oh. time. <laughs> I did it just for you. Thanks. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, my, my criticism this week is that I think you're letting slightly, um, letting some external factors influence your your votes, uh, such as you not being able to join in with the chance and uh, I distracting you from the match. So the overall quality of the match being decreased. Decreased by that. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, I joined we'll, them. In the we'll see game. next week. Yeah, of course. But no, played, uh, I would probably recommend anyone who wants a kind of chilled uh, football, well, still decent football and atmosphere in Germany to head to Mainz anyway, because I've been there before and I quite enjoyed it. Um, they played Gladbach, so it was kind of decent away fans as well. It's worth a visit. It's, uh, obviously, we've never had a. A mice review because I went in twenty nineteen, but definitely would recommend that one. If you're in the frat, if you go maybe, to or something, maybe we ought to do some uh, historical reviews, some retrospective reviews when just when we've finally ran out of other things to say. When the, when there's when there's a winter lockdown, um, I reckon that's when we start talking about um, German football games of of, of yesteryear. <laughs> I can talk. I can. I can talk about um, my, my first ever 1860 game. Oh, that, that that would actually be one of the one of the better games to talk about. Three two last minute winner, back back post winner from uh, uh Wusu. Yeah, yeah. We'll 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 wait we'll wait for the uh, the winter wave to come before before we do that. I reckon. I can't wait. So uh, unless. You both have any further comments? Any further comments? <laughs> we're in we're in a court floor here. <laughs> <laughs> any objections? <laughs> you know, I, I don't I don't like an episode to go end. Uh, to, I, I don't want an episode to finish without uh, without getting all your your um, pressing concerns out in the open. So uh, I I'll judge. I judge by the silence that you've got nothing more to say and by that I will close for today. Um, that was uh, another thrilling episode of the, the ground hopping adventures of the North, but uh, not only discussing the adventures to Altona, Dry Neutzig, St Pauli and Werder Bremen, but also some very important topics relating to uh, the, the 
actions of the the police in Hamburg and their general relationship with the the, the fan scene of the German football clubs, which I think is really important to highlight and something which we we didn't want to. We didn't want to not mention, uh, as I feel it's probably more important than the game itself. Um, but thanks, as always, for Roy and George for listening. For listening? I mean, thanks for listening to me. But <laughs> thanks for joining me once again and speaking for so long. And thanks to the listeners as well, if you're still here, to listen to us rambling for about two hours. And I think we'll finish off there and we'll see you again next time. Auf Wiedersehen. Ciao. Tschüss.